Welcome back to the Black Letter Podcast. We set out to create an entertaining and exciting podcast about law and business, and I think we've done it. Black Letter, the name, comes from the Gothic typeset that was originally used in the Gutenberg Press. Over time, Black Letter became the only font that English law books were printed in. Everything else was printed in regular type. It made it harder for kind of the common person to understand what the English law books said. Black Letter came to represent something that was law, that was set in stone, that was sort of old and a well-settled fundamental principle of law. We're here to demystify Black Letter law. We're here to demystify things that happen in business and law and where those two meet. And I hope you have fun listening. Welcome back to Black Letter. I've got again with me here today, Gerald Lamel, an immigration attorney, 30 years in practice, 14 years, ran Amnesty International's immigration program. Got Dusty Gwynn, who's an NFL agent, but also an attorney with Dunlap Bennett and Ludwig, a partner there uh, who does, has a sports and entertainment law practice uh, representing athletes principally and represents some NFL players. And then uh, Mr. Ken Harvey, former Redskins player. Ken has written two thrillers yeah. and three children's books. Yeah. And he's got one of his children's books here today, which we're going to plug and I'm going to reintroduce. But it was illustrated by his good friend, Terry Cruz. And I'm excited to see it. I hope I get an autographed copy. So, sure. yeah, you probably, you know, if you have more than one, yeah. maybe. Why we have Gerald here today, why we brought him back is, is to talk a little bit. Ken and Gerald connected in our green room about immigration and athletes and how immigration can be a great boon for athletes from another country and how that works. And Gerald and I talked in our previous segment about what was the, the E, not the E visa, the special level one, uh, high, highly skilled, uh, famous visa. And I don't know if that comes into play with athletes or how that works, but I figured I'd leave it to you and Ken and Dusty to kind of tell me what is the issue? How does immigration affect athletes and how does, how does immigration interplay with with representing athletes and in their careers? Yeah, well, there is a, a visa that does specifically for entertainers and athletes. It's called the P visa. So, so let me just make sure. So we talked about the H visa, H visa, which is for corporate immigration. We talked about the E visa, which is for investment. And then the L visa, which is for intercompany Inter transfers. transfers. And now we have the P visa, which is for entertainers and athletes. So we have H-E-L-P, yeah. right? <laughs> is that the status of the immigration well, system? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, I didn't do that. I feel like the government did that. I just... We got uh, a tagline. I anagrammed help. <laughs> okay. We've done, a, uh, we've done a great deal of work in, in this area with P visas. This is generally bringing professional athletes to the United States okay. to... To perform, these are athletes that have an international reputation. Certainly, a national reputation, but an international reputation. They, like many visas, uh, where you're bringing somebody with extraordinary ability, the extraordinary ability has to be something that the, is recognized nationally. So, you'll have um, nationally in the country of origin. In the country of origin. Okay, so. If is that an immigrant visa or a non-immigrant visa? It's a non-immigrant visa. So it's a temporary. Yeah, it's a temporary visa. Play for yeah, a team. The, the, yeah. So most of the athletes uh, that come from other countries, uh, certainly, for example, in baseball or in uh, the National Hockey League or whatever have you, they'll come on the P visas. Yeah. So so these are people who have. Uh, they're known. The articles have been written about them. They've been professionals for a long time. They're highly skilled in their area, and they're coming to the United States to continue to perform in that area. So, so Ken and Dusty, have you guys had any experience with athletes immigrating or been known any athletes in your careers? 
I'll let you take it first, bro. Um, definitely speaking baseball. I'm not a baseball agent. I've, I've predominantly been in uh, football and, and women's basketball. Um, with women's basketball, it's, it's kind of the inverse. Like, there's so many opportunities around the world that it's, it's difficult as a women's basketball agent to be to understand all those different systems. So it's outbound. I will say in football, you've started to see it. I think sure. it's not anywhere like it is in baseball. And would that be like Yao Ming or, uh, or what was the guy? Oh, yeah, the yeah. Uh, basketball player. Because yeah, I know basketball is big yeah. and then there are a lot of guys who go overseas with basketball. I, I think I look at it more on the, on the side of um, sports being a great unifier, you know, in the world, right? Uh, and you look at some of the events and some of the athletes and you have other countries rooting for that player who's playing in America. And there's a, there's a communication. There's a talk between each other. And then when they go back, they realize... Uh, you know, the people that you thought weren't were a certain stereotype isn't that stereotype. And and you see that there's a, a whole nother side of it. So I look at it from that perspective that um, sports can be a great unifier of all nations. And, you know, you just look at the Olympics, right? That's or look at the stuff. women's soccer team this year, the American team. women's yeah. soccer team. I heard an NPR article with uh, French people. They weren't playing France. Admittedly, they were playing Spain. But they were screaming, USA, USA. I mean, it's kind of interesting. That's one of the few times that Americans are liked in Europe is when our women are playing soccer <laughs> um, right now, which is slightly painful. For me personally, having grown up in Africa in the 70s, watching the NBA, which is right. now Sweet. establishing a league in, across the continent of Africa, and the interest, which has just exploded over the last decade, yeah. Uh, particularly with the talented African players who are now in the NBA. And you can find people who are nine feet tall. <laughs> so let me ask you guys, I, um, we just, this is an interesting thing. I think I saw the NBA finals. I'm sure you guys watched a little bit of that and the Raptors won. And so I wanted to look at the Raptors roster because the Canadians were crazy excited and happy. They were cheering and there isn't a single Canadian on the Raptors roster. Started looking at that. So, so question is that, a unification thing, right? Because at the end of the day, it was Americans and some other countries on the Raptors roster, but not one Canadian. And yet the Canadians loved that sports team. So outside of literally the athlete from your own country, the fact that you had a team competing, I know it's Canada and America were two separate countries, but this Canadian team won essentially what's mostly an American league title. Um, how do you think that affects uh, harmony and sports and relationships I mean, is well, that a I think part of it was, was it Drake, right? That's a huge yeah, fan. He's from Canada, right? And, and so I think the, the leagues have done a, a purposeful job of trying to get to other countries and start to develop the brand. I think once you do it and you get fans, and especially younger fans, are starting to jump on board, then it's a way for people to talk to each other. It's, it's a door opener. And I mean, we, we look at uh, who's the basketball player that went to China? Uh, no, Korea. That went to Korea. Um, Dennis Robert. To think that an athlete can open up a door and the potential that you have. You think of Muhammad Ali. That was back in my day. Who could go in any country and everyone knew, knew who he was. Yes. That's a door opener to uh, uh, even to have somebody to have a conversation. So I think that's uh, you know because it's a universal point. language, right? It's, the yeah. game of sports in some respects. Basketball has been exported massively successfully. Right. Mexico has become a big area for in football. Kenya, in Kenya, everybody knew Pele when I was, uh, you know, in the 70s. Everybody knew. Everybody in the know, U.S. knew Pele in the yeah, 70s, yeah, too. Well, everybody yeah, everywhere. 
New Pele. Even but in West know, Virginia, you guys right. probably heard of it. <laughs> Look, one of the things, when you went to Japan, I guarantee you there's some kid running around who saw you dominate on the field and say, you know, I know Ken Harvey. Yeah, that's my favorite player. He's my favorite player ever. You know, and he didn't say it in English, but he didn't know. Mm -hmm. And then even, even I'm better. A, I'm the <laughs> yeah, I had to learn my little Japanese. <laughs> so, so, so guys, take away from this from an immigration perspective, Gerald, Ken, Dusty, whatever. Whoever wants to, to pick this up, what's the most important thing for a sports team that wants to bring an athlete to the United States to think about? I mean, whether it's culturally or from a legal perspective, or how, how do we do that? How do we do that successfully? Well, legally, it's, it's going to be a little more formal, but just getting the paperwork together. It always comes down to the paperwork and making the case that this person has a reputation. Right. Um, and that they're going to do something in the United States. It's not enough to just come to the United States uh, to be here in, the, in a presence. You have to come and do something, whether it's coaching, whether it's playing, whether it's um, uh, educating, teaching, whatever it is, you have to have a plan going forward. They're not going to just take you because you're you. You have to have, you have to contribute something to U.S. society. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Guys, anything culturally? I just think the league's become a smaller place with technology, and obviously the leagues are cognizant of that, so they're gonna they're gonna have those systems in place to make that a lot easier than it used to be. There's gonna be plenty of work for people like Jared. And I think that uh, as as we go to other places, as they come here, you know, you realize that you are a representative of of your country and or or your place of origin, and so. I think until until we get to where it is wide open, and who knows, right? You know, I've done some things in the space industry, and you above there, there's no, you know, there's no boundary. So who knows what's going to happen in the future? But as of now, I think everyone who comes over or goes over, you represent your group, and it's not that you have to do anything special. You just have to be yourself. But hopefully, being yourself is that person who's willing to look out and experience other cultures. Uh, give a little bit of what you have, and then it just it broadens the horizon. Because I think a lot of times we're we're stuck on stereotypes of what you've seen on TV or what you know or what you've heard. And when you actually get to meet a person, you're like, wow, I they're kind of I, like me, yeah, human just beings. like me, right? Yeah. So, so, so takeaways: paperwork details important. World's getting smaller for technology. The leagues know this, and we're exporting it. And being a cultural ambassador whether coming or going. Those are the three big points when it comes to athlete immigration and planning for that as a, as a team owner or a, a team member or somebody who's coming to the country. Um, so I you know, appreciate it, Gerald, Ken Dusty, for this immigration special section on sports, <laughs> which I think nobody's ever done in podcasts that I'm aware of. So first. Um, so we're going to close with that. That's all for today's episode of Black Letter. Thanks again for listening. Join us next time when we talk about more Black Letter issues in creative ways. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Google Play so you never miss an episode. And to catch us on video, check out our website at blackletterstudios.com. <laughs>